Hi there and welcome to the 23rd row in the Get Fit by Rowing series. There's only two more to go. Now there's no big intro today. Basically what we're doing is a 40 minute low intensity row at 20 strokes a minute. And I wanted to try and do this without any rest. That's it, okay? So your intensity then means right about five out of 10 from an effort point of view. Your heart rate's gonna be in that kind of zone two, 60 to 70% if possible. And if you're doing this as 2K pacing, then you're looking at 2K plus 18 to 20, but please bear in mind that 2K pacing and heart rate zone training, although they start on the same path, they eventually just diverge away from each other, okay? I get lots of comments from people saying, oh, zone two, I think you're not gonna find, do it 2K plus 18 to 20. I know, I've said this enough times, but. I'm just saying it again now, okay? So here we go then. We've got to do a four minute warm up before we get into our row, regardless, okay? I want to make sure your body's still open and ready for that 40 minute row. So get your machine set up, which on the concept two means going to your drag factor and setting that to where you want it to be first. If you don't know where to set it, then set your lever between four and five. And then when we're done with today's video, then check out the video I have up here on YouTube, Hello Plane, which tells you a little bit about drag factor, what it is, where you might want to set it, all right? If you're on a non concept two, just set the resistance so you get a nice feel from the stroke but you don't have to tug at it to get it moving, all right? Next up, if you can, please set your monitor to eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down. And finally, adjust those foot stretchers so you can get into the front of the machine, front of the stroke, with your shins in a vertical position there, easily, okay? If you're set too high, it can be a bit difficult. If you're set too low, you can get scooting straight past, okay? Still not quite found the right setting on my water road, to be honest, so who put my handle there? Right, so, uh, we're going to do what we've been doing all the time on these warm-ups. We're going to start off with just enough of a, basically enough power to get the machine moving, okay? It's as though you're standing up from a squat, just holding a couple of shopping bags. So not loads of power, but also not no power, all right? Sunglasses on, baby. Here we go. In three, two, one, let's go. Ah, look at this. It's, what's the time? 25 past six at night. And the sun's out and there's proper heat. Well, <laughs> let, let me caveat that. Proper Scottish heat, <laughs> which means it's about 15 degrees. But <laughs> trust me, in Scotland, this is the height of summer. <laughs> right, so use this warm up just to get your body just kind of, kind of grease the wheels, right? Just get used to rocking forwards over your hips and then backwards over your hips forwards backwards forwards and then if you can think about holding those arms nice and straight as you push your legs into the machine all right just take one more here then just increase your power a tiny bit so now if you do have a 2k training pace Take it to that kind of 2K plus 18 to 20 point. Effort should be about five out of 10. Heart rate's not really gonna come into play yet because you're only warming up. So, I mean, I'd say it's a warm up, so make sure you're under that 70% for sure. <laughs> but because today is a long, low intensity row anyway. Don't worry about getting too warmed up through this warm up. This is just about getting your body moving so that it's happy to hit a nice groove in the main session. Okay, let's take one foot out, put it on the ground, continue rowing. So you're still rowing with the same technique you just have one foot on the ground. So tilt forwards to a one o'clock or 11 o'clock as you're looking at me right now, and then backwards to an 11 o'clock. And there's no need to overdo those angles. One more and we'll swap feet. There we go, one foot in, one foot out. And this kind of helps, especially that compression into the front where sometimes with two feet in, you can't quite get a hold on how far you have to slide or you're sliding too far. But with one in, you can suddenly get that flexibility right to get to shins vertical here and no more. One more here, both feet in, legs straight, 
and row with your back and arms. So swing over your back, in with your arms, out with your arms, and then rock forwards, back over your hips again. And notice here, the swing happens before the pull. Such a simple concept, but so many people get it the wrong way around and think it's all about pulling from the front, which is not. Okay, let's roll to the front with arms straight, forwards tilt, and just press out from the front. So just push your, your legs, see how long a leg drive you can get by just still holding straight arms and a forwards tilt. You'll eventually need to recoil at the back slightly, but just see, push. can you get most of your leg drive just by holding that forwards tilt? Ooh. And we're done in the warm-up. So there you go, like I said, it wasn't that intense a warm-up, but today's not that intensive row. So keep moving up down the rail, have a quick drink, and I'll quickly describe one more time what we're doing today. Okay then, so what we're doing today is 40 minutes at low intensity, 20 strokes per minute, okay? What do we mean by low intensity? Well, we mean for heart rate, that means zone two, the zone two 60 to 70 band. From an effort out of 10 point of view, then it's five out of 10, okay? A nice, just gentle row where you know you're working, but you never feel like you're uncomfortable, okay? You can have a conversation, you just don't feel like you want to have a conversation. And then the other uh, way to look at this is 2K training pace. This is the kind of the little bit of the wibbly wobbly one, but um, start this one if you do the, that 2k training pace thing at around about 2k plus 18 to 20 but i'm going to start off the main road just clearing this up a little bit more um because we've got 40 minutes ahead of each other so i'll talk about a whole bunch of different things i'll try not to have an epic rant like i did at the end of this stretching session in the previous row sorry about that um yeah so that's what we're doing today okay so have one last drink Whoosh. i say last you can of course if you need to stop and drink stop and drink okay you're not racing this, you're training this. So if you start to feel dehydrated, stop and have a quick sip, okay? Otherwise, let's get going. In three, two, one, go. Now remember, I'll, I'll get into the pacing thing in a sec, but just remember, if you're still a little bit sticky with stroke rate, 20 strokes a minute, the reason I've picked this as the low intensity rate throughout this entire series is the value of just counting down in threes. So it's just one stroke every three seconds and it's really conveniently divided into one second drive, two seconds recover. Okay, so one drive, two recover. One drive, two recover. Oh, I'm joined behind me by my beautiful wife on her hammock. That makes me terribly self-conscious now because she's going to be listening to everything I say, which means I can't tell any stories. I can't tell you great detailed stories about how much I love my wife because she'll just get all embarrassed. <laughs> Where was yeah. So rhythm. One second drive to recover, which frankly is news to a lot of people. I see a lot of people who do a really slow two second drive and one second recover. And that's not really how you do it. It's not how you get the power into the machine. I made one of my little standalone videos a couple of months back, kind of describing the rowing stroke as like you were jumping up from a squat. Instead of just standing up, you're jumping up because you're exploding the power into the machine. And of course, the other way to think about it is my way. You're only actually working for a third of the time. So if you're doing a 30 minute row at 20 strokes a minute, you're really only working for 10 minutes of that. The other 20 minutes is just recovery, which if you do it 
with an okay technique, using your body's momentum to bring you forwards and not yanking on the foot straps or anything, you should be using very little muscle power on that recovery towards the front of the stroke. There we go. Ramble over for that. So yeah, the 2K training pace thing. I mean, <laughs> we've got two rows to go in this series. And I have said this before, so hopefully this is not shocking news to you. But rowing with a pace that's referenced by your current 2K time, where you row a two kilometer time trial, divide the result by four, and that gives you your average 500 meter pace. Now, because I'm a big Luddite and I've already got exercise brain, I'm gonna make the maths for that really easy. So if you did it in eight minutes, 20, divide by four, that means your average is two minutes five per 500 meters for your 2K. Even if you started at 150, then had to slow down to like 2.15 by the end. If your total time was 8.20, then your average was 2.05, okay? And so 2K training pace says, right, that's what you're capable of right now. All your training, we're gonna attach to your current performance, your 2K time. And so if I roll like this, 2K plus 18 to 20 means you go 18 to 20 seconds slower. So in my example, that means you would row it 223 or 225 pace. But, <laughs> spanner in the works, record scratch. It then becomes a question of, does your plan tell you to just hold that pace all the way through to the end of the row? Or does it allow for cardiac drift, fatigue, etc., where 2K plus 20 is really easy for the first like 10 minutes. La 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 la. You're like, I'm hardly working here. But as you continue, and as other things like dehydration come in and you get hotter, whatever. The kind of perceived effort of that 2K plus 20 can jump from five out of 10, walk in the park, to seven out of 10, hey man, this is quite tough. And your heart rate starts to drift up and it no longer exists as that low intensity row and that's easy to see if you wear a heart rate monitor because these zone 2 5 out of 10 effort rows are meant to sit between 60 and 70 percent of your maximum heart rate and although at 2k plus 20 your heart rate may sit in that range for the first maybe 10 minutes. By holding that pace, it'll eventually break out and you might end up in the kind of 70 to 80 zone, three zone, 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 zone <laughs> for a while. And it may then still climb up even further, depending on the duration you're rowing for. 
So for the heart rate based training, you need to back off your pace to let your heart rate settle down back into zone two again. But for most 2K based plans, to hell with your heart rate. Just keep going. Which is kind of the flaw. I mean, 2K based training, I mean, everything else I've done on this channel is based around 2K. And I've tried to make it as cookie cutter as I can in terms of applying to most people. But the two flaws are, well, firstly, that people are, well, if you're, let's say, moderately well-trained, so you're not like a pro athlete, but you're also not just a two times a week gym goer. So you've got a lot of experience, you're just not a pro. Then the 2K paced training is probably gonna be really effective for you. But those who are proper, like Olympic level trained, or those who are new to fitness, you'll find it just doesn't track. And then the other problem is that those who are new to fitness, you're gonna see huge leaps and bounds in your fitness. Almost like from session to session, you'll get fitter. And so if you do a 2K test on a Sunday to set your base time, you then row uh, say like a four session training plan come the next Sunday if you were to do a 2k again chances are you'll have knocked like 20 seconds off it like this is assuming say your first one was like the 10 minute mark then after only a handful of sessions between fitness and strength gains, that kind of newbie gains, you'll find you'll hack a huge time off your 2K. But the problem is, people don't do these 2K baseline tests every week. Tend to do them like once every four weeks at the most uh, frequent kind of time span based thing. <laughs> so what it means is that you're actually under training because your body's capable of more, but you don't have those numbers. And that's where heart rate train, training comes in because if you're wearing a heart rate monitor, it's right there in front of you. Are you between 60 and 70%? If you go a little too hot and break out of 70%, you can ease off. But if you find you're not even getting to 60 because of your fitness improvements, well, it's up to you to then row one or two seconds faster to take it up to the right intensity. So what I'm saying is that 2K based training can kick you in the butt from both ends. It can make you overtrain, but it can also make you undertrain. Oh, well, I don't think the opening 13 minutes of this row are gonna win me any exciting awards, are they? No one's gonna say, 
wow he's really entertained us with his chat about 2k time and 20 strokes per minute rowing give me more please <laughs> although thoughts do just turn to my epic rant about funnel marketing again I'll try not to maybe if I just joined the bandwagon I wouldn't be as bad <laughs> could well be jealousy like I said I'll look at the views that even these money-making people get and I'm like eh. but hey I'm actually now that we're getting to the closing stages of this series I've started to plan out what's going to come next for row along and because it's the end of May right now and we are about to hit or we already are in the on the water season and even if you're not shifting to rowing what you find is that loads of people who spent the winter in air-conditioned fake lighting gyms are now screaming with joy because the sun's out and not everyone is as lucky as me and has a beautiful garden maintained by my lovely wife I only do the grass it's kind of the deal I do the grass Julie does all the pretty bits not because not from a gender bias point of view but because I'm a complete Luddite when it comes to knowing about flowers it's the same when I was a gardener years ago like when I was 18, 19 I used to spend summers walking up and down people's lawns with a, well <laughs> I was paid to <laughs> I didn't just <laughs> break into people's gardens <laughs> and walk up and down in 14 inch gaps <laughs> no my friend at the time was a gardener and he needed someone just to cut the grass and do all the kind of more manual stuff while he then dealt with the planting of the flowers and things and I think that's just stuck but my mindset when it comes to gardening is I just do the grass so yeah so anyway so I get the opportunity to wheel out my machine plonk it down on my grass and row with the sun just I wouldn't say beating on beating down on me but it's lovely oh Whereas I know loads of people are like, well, sun's out, so I'm gonna hop on my bike, or I'm gonna go for a run, or like I say, take your rowing on the on the water. Apparently people do this on the water. No idea how this would float, but okay. Whatever floats your boat. You <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> Made myself laugh, if nothing else. <laughs> Just here to entertain myself, and hopefully, some of you get entertained at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so, crikey, John. Come back to your point. So, because every year, I notice from kind of May to September 
there is a drop in views for the row-along workouts because people aren't rowing along. So I'm going to put out a like, layout roadmap for row-along for what I'm going to do over the next few months. Which is still going to involve some row-along workouts but they're going to be like standalone ones like the <coughs> row along adventure series or I really do want to take this machine on a, a few road trips rowing different places not just my garden or the green screen in my studio but then I'm also going to look at reviewing some things as well in fact I just got the massage gun just arrived that I was talking about in a previous row so I'll give that a go for a week or so see if I can help with this hip flexor issue and I'll make a review video of that what else? It's a heart rate monitor that would be a nice review. A budget one. Now, the budget one got sent to me for free to review, but I also have the MyZone one, which I'm wearing today, and I've spoken about in the past. <laughs> Sadly, I had to pay for that one. <laughs> and then, couple other small things and one big thing I've got a tracking note through today for something that's getting sent to me that weighs 146 pounds so either I've accidentally ordered in a human body or something or something cool is going to arrive in a couple of weeks It'd be funny if it was like a Pac-Man arcade game or something. Nothing to do with rowing. But yeah. So that's kind of the plan. Then just try and nothing else. Try and build up the channel. Let other people know about it. Not because I'm panicking about numbers, but just because I know there's more people out there and I just want to work out how to get my videos in front of them so as always answers on a postcard for how we can make that happen okay right we are 21 and a quarter minutes into this row my heart rate is at 69 I'm rowing at 2k plus 23 pace in order to keep it there so if that gives you an idea of what you need to do and really it's so important to let your ego take a back seat on these rows if you are training on a plan that is based around heart rate zones don't let your ego tell you that you're rowing too slow look at the heart rate band and if you're between 60 and 70% give yourself a gold star a pat on the back for keeping it in the right zone after all yesterday's max intensity row should if you did it right 
have wiped you out. Okay, your bowl of power that you have been growing and refining over the past five and a half weeks should have been emptied in yesterday's session if you did it yesterday of course you may have had a rest day between that and today in which case hopefully your bowl refilled in that rest day anyway but for folks like me who didn't take a rest day then today's row is about helping to refill revitalize that bowl while still getting a nice workout because you can have it all if you're sensible you can row every single day without taking a rest day the internet's filled with people posting that they are on their thousand day streak or their 5,000 day streak but the difference is with those folks that they are really paying attention to their energy and making sure that if they feel drained after a workout they keep the intensity down they're not sitting down and doing a 30 minute time trial every night <laughs> and the reason I use that as an example is because that's what I did when I first started rowing almost yeah almost 10 years ago when I first started doing this kind of a bit more seriously than just going to the gym I would well my days would go like this I'd wake up, have breakfast, take kids to the nursery, come home, get changed into my cycling gear, and then cycle 12 kilometers to work. And then at lunch, I would go for a walk for say 40 minutes, then at the end of the day, I'd cycle home, another 12 kilometers, and then once the kids were in bed, I'd then go and do a rowing session, like a half hour row on row pro, which nine times out of 10, I would do as a time trial. And really, the only thing that ever changed of that was the part where I said I'd put the kids to bed. Because most of the time, I was a selfish sod, wandered off into the garage to go for a row while Julie put them to bed. Because there's a selfish part of me back then that was just trying to focus on training at the same time as family didn't work anyway so that's the amount of training I was putting in about 10 years ago and I'd manage about a week and a half of that and then I'd just crash I'd be like, I'd have to drive into work because I had no energy for the commute on the bike. I just feel rubbish. And it's only really like three, four years later when I really looked into coaching and training myself instead of just 
following other people that I really realized that no matter how much fuel food I was taking in which was also not much because I was trying to stay as lightweight but I just couldn't recover enough from session to session because I've said before there isn't really such a thing as overtraining but there really is the thing about under recovery not giving yourself enough time to recover whether that's as a active recovery like today or literally just taking a day off maybe go for a walk but certainly don't do anything even as effort laden laden is that right maybe it's today's row but you know what mentally boy sometimes the mental toll of training every day and i mean proper training not just climbing on and rowing 500 meters but climbing on and focusing on holding a stroke rate or a pace for like 10 times three minute intervals and blah 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 you could end up just not enjoying it anymore so you have to deal with that and often that's where the question of what's your why comes into play Woohoo! Half hour done, 10 minutes to go. Because not only do you need to discover your why, why are you training? Why are you taking part in any kind of fitness or competition? You also need to be mindful that your why will change whether it's just because of fatigue mental fatigue that you need a better reason than maybe just I want to feel better it's a great way to start but sometimes that wears a bit thin and so Sometimes that's when it becomes looking at performance. Can you row faster or longer or competition? Can you beat your friend? Can you enter something like the cross team challenge and be in the top 50 percentile or make it to boat one who knows and sometimes it can all come crashing around your ears and you really need to reevaluate what's going on look at what happened to me it's all about me isn't it it's all about me. I was flying along, winning gold medals, 6.37 2K time. I had the British record for the 1K for my age and lightweight. The world record followed that. Weirdly, that was a numbers thing the person who had the world record it was unverified and concept two removed unverified records and so i was the next in line and so without doing anything my british record 
keep my world record. But I also have the, and still have, the small team world record for 100 kilometer row with 30 to 39 lightweights. So, suffice to say, I was in a good place, quite happy with my rowing. And then I had a bit of an accident with a meat knife when I was sharpening it one night. Cut right through the tendon and knuckle from my middle finger. And I had to get my finger basically sewn back on. <laughs> Uh, and that was then four weeks on a cast another six weeks recovery before just give a second until the dog shuts up there we go uh, oh no before I could row again and so by the time I came back, that competitive edge that I had had basically gone. That kind of, if you really do think about it like a pint of milk, you have to really put in so much training and effort and discipline to become that little cream at the top that wins records, or wins medals, sorry, and gets records. And sadly, that cream soured with the amount of time I had to take off. But also because, you know what, like I say, my why had completely changed. Whereas it was about training to win, it became training to come back, training to recover, training to basically just be able to continue. But off the back of that, that's how Roll Along was born. Because I needed a way, a reason to continue training. But I also needed to think of a way I would have to row at like 70% of what I was capable of because I didn't want to damage the tendon in my finger and so making these rowing workouts and talking through them you notice is the perfect way at first to make it that I couldn't row at too high an intensity because then I couldn't talk and row at the same time and then what's happened is since 2017-18 18 I think I've kind of developed the kind of the breathing skill, I suppose, to now be able to row at high intensity and talk at the same time. So you don't get any respite from my nonsense. Sure, in sessions like yesterday's, I am reduced to one word motivational poster status but all that time making the row-alongs became my why and still kind of is but now at least I have a I can choose I can choose do I want to throw myself back into rowing performance 
or am I happy being a seven minute 2K guy and making these videos for you while also shifting my competitive focus towards high rocks instead, which then became the new why, the new reason to really try and up my overall fitness, add in a lot more rowing, a lot more ski erg, a reason to do weights for when it comes to the sled push, sled pull and farmer's carry and the lunges. No real idea whether high rocks is a flash in the pan. I think right now it's the next big thing. It's growing at a massive rate. At last year's London High Rocks had 700 people at it. This year it became a two day event, 7,000. It's 10 times growth in just one year as people are finding this as the next big cool thing to do. But the problem is, once these people have done two or three of them, they'll be like, why do I need to do another one? Apart from beating your time. So after all, there's only three podium places. Unless you are finely tuned, you're unlikely to be on it. One more stroke and we're done. Hopefully, my scintillating chat kept you good company for that 40 minutes and you didn't even consider the need to stop for a drink. However, I recommend having one now. Now, hopefully that wasn't too tough an intensity that you need a big gap between finishing and starting the cool down. So we'll get into it. However, if you do want a longer gap, either pause the video or sit there and watch me start and join in when you, fit, when you fancy. Okay, three, two, one, go. So just do this at pretty much the same pace you were just rowing at. But after say 15, 20 seconds, start to really ease off the pace. So if you were rowing at, let's say 2K plus 25, in that, in the closing stages of today's row, in order to keep your heart rate down, then maybe you want to look at 2K plus 30 by now. So you're still connecting to the machine, okay? So you're still having to put in some kind of a push you still feel your arms brace against the handle. So you feel some kind of effort. It's not like you're just listlessly moving up and down like that. Because that's doing nothing. 313 pace, so that's 2K plus 1 minute 30. <laughs> now I am trying not to demonstrate poor technique anymore because somebody they get in touch and said could you not <laughs> it's quite off-putting like if, I, if I'm talking technique in the main session and I then say and don't do this I can actually throw people if they I can understand I suppose you if you're just watching me on a screen going back and forwards back and forwards it's almost like you know how if you stand in the sea for long enough and you get up onto the beach and you close your eyes, you can still feel that kind of ebb and flow of the waves pushing you. Maybe that's what it's like when you watch me rowing on a screen, because I am, of course, a force of nature like the ocean. 
That's right, isn't it? I <laughs> could be a t-shirt, couldn't it? Row along the force of nature. No, right, okay. Uh, stretching next. Um, try and get through this one nice and quick. Uh, because, well, I have to go pick up my daughter from swimming, so, um, yeah. Uh, find yourself a stretching mat, um, if you have a stretching mat in your gym or whatever. Um, if you don't have time to stretch, don't worry, just take a moment and stretch your, your quads, your hamstrings and your glutes if you can, but not the shower, because I don't want you to slip and fall over, because that would be bad. Hopefully you found that stretching mat if you're able to, in which case, Stretching John has just appeared, hello, and he will take you through guided stretching on that mat, and I will take you through what to do on the rowing machine. I'm not going to sit on the ground today because obviously there's grass, but it is dry, you'll be pleased to know. So, put both feet back into the straps, a little bit loose so you can flick your toes up against them. I'll loosen off a bit more. And there you go. And then put your hands in the air and fold forwards. You're basically, oh, I was doing yoga last night on the Down Dog app, the yoga app, and she said, would you say, send your heart forwards towards your legs? Should I start talking in that tone of voice? Stretch forwards, ease your, ease your chest down towards your shins. After a while, walk your fingers towards your toes. But remember, don't actually yank on your toes. <laughs> uh, I think I did, uh, if I, I'll, we'll change onto glutes in a second, I'll, I'll get distracted with my next story. Uh, oh, there we go. Make sure, of course, that has to be your hamstrings are getting stretched there. If anything else is getting stretched, you were doing it wrong. Uh, what we around do I have to do this this way? See, because I'm flipped, I can't work out what leg to start on. I can't work out what leg to start on the best of times. So, go up on the rail, we're doing glutes next. Bring your foot over so your heel is in like the crook of your knee, if you want to call it that. And then, uh, with that knee up in the air, pull it across your body so you have a straight line between your face, your knee, and your foot. Hold it in place with one arm and then rotate around and hold on to the back of the machine if you want for stability. And that rotation should give you a nice stretch down into your glutes. So, years ago, when uh, we were expecting our first child, Jamie. Um, I had to make a tape for Julie, uh, a relaxation tape, um, where I had a script that I had to read out. And it was like kind of just, just so for her to listen to, just to kind of relax. Um, yeah, and so that's where my, my gentle voice comes from, where I had to, it started off and was like, and now it's time to relax. Can you see that now? She'll be... Yep, she's fast asleep in the hammock. Just had to say that, she's asleep. Gotta say, it's really weird having an audience. <laughs> Even though I know she's not listening to a thing I'm saying. It is weird talking, knowing that there's someone behind that can hear what I'm saying. I apologise, by the way, if sound has been all over the place today, but because my little fluffy microphone is up on the kind of shoulder of my vest, um, I don't know whether my whether it'll be picking it up loud and quiet, so I'll try and sort it in post if I can. Right, uh, oh, that's glutes done. So, move on to quads next. Stand up next to your machine, rest one hand on the monitor for stability, flick a foot up behind you, try not to fall over, have another go, <laughs> and then hold, oh, I'm so, I'm so tight. Hold your heel against your backside and put on enough of a kind of, enough tension there that you can feel it in your quads, but it's not like you're trying to snap your muscles. You're not pulling so hard that you're gonna pop your kneecap. And that should give you a nice stretch into your quads. Remember quads being the big meaty muscles at the front of your thigh. If, let's swap legs. Oh. Ooh. If you, that noise of the sound of me almost falling over. If you feel that the stretch is really high up, up in your hip flexors, then you're likely leaning back or forwards or doing something weird. So just try and assess, oh, cracky. Honest, because the grass is on the slope. Try and assess what's going on and stretch the right muscle, okay? Because we're moving on to hip flexors next. So I'll move my shoes and the water out of the way. Swish. Ah, right, so one knee on the ground and then one foot in front of you, 90 degree angles on both, and then staring straight forwards with a good posture, tense the glute of the knee that's on the ground, if that makes sense, and then also contract your stomach muscles as though you're just being, allowed your bracing so some sort of punch you, okay? And then lean back slightly. And you should just, it shouldn't take that much of a lean, okay? And you should really feel your hip flexors, that's the top part of your thigh, right up your hips, funnily. You should feel that getting a nice stretch right there. I swap legs. 
How <laughs> can someone fall over when he's in this position? Good grief. Okay, so the same thing, but other leg. So tense. Get that, sucking that gut with the Ghostbusters. Tense your glutes, yep, and then lean back very slightly. Now, I've got my foot flat on the ground right now. It's not a great stretch. Go up onto my toes. Now do it. Oh, that does. But like I say, this is about me investigating how my own, how these stretches work for me. So it might be better for you to have your toes on the ground. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of getting to that commuter time. So it's now 20 past seven. So there'll be more plane traffic. This one try to do this quite quick. So you don't have to listen to various airbuses flying overhead. Right, uh, let's move on to forearms next. So um, hands in front of you, push down in front of you. Hi, you're judging my forearms? <laughs> Just saw a head move up to the side. However, right, so you do this, I guess you could stretch in the forearms. However, I was doing, again, yoga yesterday. I'll show this one. So you go into, like on, on all fours. Now I'm getting judged. <laughs> and you rotate your hands round, uh, like that, so your fingers are pointing backwards, and just ease forwards. And good grief, that's a much tougher stretch than the one that I've been doing. I mean, I say I've been doing yoga. It's like 30 minutes kiddie yoga. <laughs> it's the like restorative one. But oh, I'll tell you one thing. I did, there was one move I did and the, the kind of, the crack that it put into my back, into my kind of my SI joint, which I've kind of, I've, I've whined about my SI joint before on these videos. Oh, but I did this move and I heard this kind of like a double crack to happen and it brought tears to my eyes. Not because it was sore, because it was so, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's about time. It's been weeks I've been waiting for that to crack. Right, don't ask why I'm facing the lovely round here. Maybe so I can gaze upon the beauty of my wife. Oh, <laughs> so it's like I can show you the sideways. Put one hand straight out in front of you, and then bring it across your body. So it's kind of in line across your shoulders. Use your other arm to loop across it and then hold that shoulder against your body. And that will give you a nice stretch up into your upper delts, your shoulder muscles. Your shoulder shouldn't have taken that big a beating today, but it was 40 minutes worth of rowing. So um, just 40 minutes of rowing, 20 strokes a minute, so what, 800 yeah, strokes. So that's quite a lot of times that you're bracing against the handle. Swap arms. And it's just, I mean, stretching is good for many reasons, but again, I was talking about the mental strain of training. Um, maybe for something like this, the Get Fit series isn't that tough a series to do. You're not having to think too much, especially like a 40 minute row at 20 strokes a minute, you can just switch off. But if you're doing like a quite a intense, even like yesterday's row, the stretch was important just so you could just calm down a little bit, calm your brain a bit too. Right, so let's move on to biceps. So put your hands behind you as though you're a ski jumper. And then rotate your thumbs outwards and that stretches the long head of your biceps, which stretches your biceps, funnily enough. So yeah, good posture as well. And if you, if you do kind of just open your chest up as well, you're not gonna get a huge stretch into your chest, but you'll just get a chance to open it. Remember, breathe, just ease yourself in and out of these. I'm not gonna start going, inhale and rotate, exhale and contract. I'm gonna start saying that. Okay, final ones then, triceps. So hand up in the air, it gets bored, falls down, touches your spine, use your other hand to just straighten up that elbow so it points straight to the sky. Reach for the sky. Whee. It's quite strange sitting on a rowing machine the other way around. Oh, next door of a puppy. <laughs> uh, yeah, so again, your triceps really shouldn't get, really shouldn't feel sore from rowing. The only reason that your triceps will ever actually feel sore sore is if you're too tense as you on that return, if you're like throwing the handle out and you're really tense. That's what causes tricep tension. So if that's happening, uh, like sore triceps, then do try and pay attention to how tense you are when you're rowing. And this brings us to the close of today's row. A long time together, isn't it? <laughs> and then almost to the close of this series. So there's only one more to go, and that's the, the tempo, um, kind of the hard ones are the ones that's in between. So it's not low intensity, it's not max intensity, it's baby bear, it's right in between. So it's a good 
slog of a road so that you come off the other end of it think feeling great whereas you might feel ruined after the max intensity and after a low intensity you might want you might feel like you want more and that's a good thing because tomorrow you'll get more okay uh, or in the next time you do the session so there you go so thank you so much for doing this one with me uh, i hope you enjoyed it um i hope you enjoyed my waffling for 40 minutes after all it was a long time to cover that's why i just kind of just meandered through various topics just to hopefully keep you company it's kind of what i do here if you're not used to it by now then <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so thank you so much for turning up and doing this one like one more session to go and then uh you can then jump into whatever you want to do next but until that final session please look after yourselves roll well be well bye-bye